This program has been paid for all or in part by the host, and KSEV is not responsible for its content and or products or services offered. Welcome to Talking with Tony here on AM700 KSEV. Straight talk from a decorated Marine, successful lawyer, business owner, and philanthropist. Now, here's your host, Tony Busby. All right, I'm back. Hey, all you people on Twitter thought I got kicked off by the FCC just because of some of the things that Frank said. No, I was just traveling. This is Talking with Tony and comma Frank. Um, and I just got to thank Frank for for keeping this seat warm while I was gone the last two weeks. And I missed you all. And we got a lot to talk about. But the first thing I want to say is do not do not forget that talking with Tony is talking with Tony. Number two, don't forget that if I say anything that offends you, blame it on Frank. And if Frank says anything that offends you, blame it on Frank. <laughs> and, and, and I'm also going to say that, you know, we are incredibly, incredibly researched here. I mean, we do the research. Do you know how long I spend researching for this? I mean, look at Frank. If you're watching on Facebook Live or whatever you call it, Frank has like a whole folder of stuff. He's just, he's going through, he's going through, he's going through. He's got tabs. He's, he's looking at stuff. He's doing all kinds of stuff. I don't know what he's doing, but understand. Neither do I. Yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> but we are incredibly researched. We're researched and... And we do not offend people. We have a team of professionals that work 24 hours a day. Frank has two phones, if that tells you anything, that work 24 hours a day to make sure that we say nothing that's not politically correct or that offends you in any way. And with all that being said, let me welcome Frank uh, who's been? Welcome back, Tony. I'm I back. missed you, brother. I missed you, brother. I, yeah, I listen. I tried to listen to the show. I tried to call in last week, but I didn't have service. And I gotta say, Frank, I gotta say some of the things, some of the things you, you've said, and some of the things that you've suggested are quite are quite troubling. <laughs> what is that? What is troubling? Well, you, there, I, should I just make a list? Sure. Well. I, <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with this. 281-558-5738, Talking with Tony. Who watched that vice presidential debate? Frank, did you watch it? I did. Who was the star of the debate? Well, I don't think there were any stars, but what I, about do, that fly? I do think there were I, I do think there were some falling stars. Did you see the fly in the in the no spin zone? I don't care about the fly. Did I, you see the fly though? I don't know. I saw a roach in your there house. There was a, no, no. You've never seen a roach yes, in my house. Oh, have you? Yeah, Tony Busby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that's uncool. This that's, is not, uncool. that's not the best welcome back ever. <laughs> but did you see the fly that, yeah, that landed on his head? But fly. dude, I could not get my head. I could, I'm watching this debate. I'm watching the debate. I'm watching the debate. I'm paying attention. I thought both debates. I got to be honest, and I've said this on Facebook, and, and people have completely eviscerated me for it. I said I was impressed with both uh, both of the candidates. I thought they both did very well. Uh, laying aside the substance, the style, uh, as a former debate coach myself, um, they were both very good. But then all of a sudden, at some point during the debate, a fly landed on Mike Pence's head. Okay. Well, did you pay attention? Yeah, they probably used sugar spray on his head to make him look bad. <laughs> I don't think that's what happened. But well, I don't know. Well, why do you always have to, like, I'm trying to talk about a fly, and you want to make a fly political. Because you're trying to put down Pence, and I think— I the, am not putting Pence down. Well, uh, good. I think the man presented himself he in a He was a great matter. debater. I, there is no doubt about it that I think he debated quite well. He, I've always thought of him as a look, square, as a kind of a bore— he he's, is. A, he's a good debater. Though. He is a good debater because, and particularly in view of, in contrast to uh, you know the bulldog, who, Trumpster, the bulldog. Oh well, we'll talk about the Trump debate later. But, but um, no, yeah, yeah. But, but but can we finish? To, can we close this topic of the fly? No, I don't want to talk about the fly. If I had been the moderator, there's a fly in your head right no, now. There's not. No, yeah, there is. I would have come up there over there on the right. Two eight one five five eight five seven three eight. I would have come up there, 
And I would have said, uh, Mr. Pence, Senator Pence, whatever, uh, Vice President Pence. Senator Pence. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. I need. Premier Pence. (laughs) Premier Pence. Oligarch Pence, whatever. I would have said, you got a fly on your head, man. Well, they should have taken care of that. The point is, it, it, it doesn't matter to me. Really? Really. What matters to me is what was said. And okay, what, let's focus on that then. Lay okay. aside the fly. I just thought the fly was interesting. So why Obviously, did, why you don't you, think the fly was why interesting. Why did you like the debate? Um, it wasn't a knockdown drag out like the first one. Yeah, it, that's it, fair it, enough. That first debate was a complete, um, I mean, it was not entertaining. It was, I, I thought I thought neither candidate um, acquitted themselves well. I thought the vice presidential debate was more substantive, and I thought, both both people involved in it were good debaters. I thought one of them was. Let me guess who you chose as the winner. But it doesn't have to do with party. It has to do with what I saw and what I heard. Okay, well, let's hear the substance of what you thought was so great. Well, I mean, I mean, in terms of Pence, in terms of Kamala, I don't like Kamala saying, I'm talking, I'm talking. That's a bunch of BS. That's, that's style. I'm talking okay. about substance. 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 substance she was, you you were getting mad at me because I'm talking about a fly, which I guess would be substance style. is completely. She had no substance. Let's okay. Hear it. Okay. She had no substance. I mean, she basically set out nothing in the way of a future COVID agenda in terms of health care. I mean, uh, the COVID virus. Mm-hmm. They were basically plagiarizing, which was known to uh, it was just known to Biden. They were plagiarizing exactly everything that's already been done by the. Trump administration, okay? Mm-hmm. So I mean that was a bunch of BS. You gotta be careful now. And you... then and then this whole deal about I'm not answering the question about whether or not we're gonna pack the court, we're gonna wait for the election. That's that is such a fraud on the electorate. Okay? The electorate demands and it should demand what your position is. And 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 you know when there are elections, there are consequences. When the Democrats were in power, sometimes the Supreme Court shifted to the to the more liberal and social issues. When the Republicans are in power, it's it shifts in another direction. Okay, but it is a a a body that shouldn't be tinkered with. It bothers me greatly, and they get, won't answer the question. It bothers Tony. me greatly that you get so incensed by two people who were talking about two. Not greatly different visions for the country. Oh, they were greatly different. I didn't see it. Well, tell I, me. Let me tell you about that, I didn't my friend. see it. I didn't one, see it. One of the greatly different visions was that Kamala might as well, I mean, maybe they maybe they should have served wontons because she was, she, I mean, I have no, I like Chinese food, okay? but I, <laughs> What does that have to do with anything? I'm going to get to the point. Yeah, so I like uh, I like wontons, but I like Taiwanese wontons. The, 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 the what po- is that all about right there? What, what, what the, does that it's even It's about mean? this. Go. She said that the Trump administration, you know, did all these, these policies with regard to the tariffs against the Chinese. We should maybe have a more open position with regard to the Chinese. We should be have No. That triggered you, didn't it? No, no. Oh, but that, that no, no, no. You. Look, let me, let, let me explain I'm this, listening. my friend. I'm listening. Here's the, here's the point. The point is I, I have nothing. I, I don't even have anything really against communist China. But we have to recognize them as an adversary on on the football field, okay? And our our wimpy and mealy mouth leaders have sold us out, and so and so the bottom line is that basically they're now they want to get Trump out. Who one guy? And then later in the show, I want to talk about this, Tony. If you'll, if you'll let me. No, you do what you want. Because you're I, a grown man, you can do what you I want. I believe. I want to talk about this concept. As long okay? as I can talk about your car. This is the last American president. Okay, Donald Trump is the last American president. We'll talk about I it later. I refuse to believe. Well, that. all right, all we'll right talk we're going to take a break. Two eight one five five eight. We know you calling five seven three eight. Talking with Tony and Frank on a oh. Friday, six to eight p.m. Uh, If you're watching on Facebook Live, thank you for tuning in. We will be back. Start your mornings with the Chris Salcedo Show, 7 to 9 a.m. on AM 700 KSEV.
Fall in Texas means the grass is still growing. Lansdowne Moody's end-of-the-season Kubota zero-turn blowout is on. Kubota Z-Series mowers are priced to move. Huge selection, all models, all sizes, some still in the crate. New Kubotas, used Kubotas, demo Kubotas. Financing options available, too. No better time to make a deal and cut your piece of Texas down to size. Lansdowne Moody, new locations now open in Rosenberg and Bay City. Hands down, it's Lansdowne, lmtractor.com. Hey guys, how many times do you wake up in the middle of the night because you can't get into a comfortable sleep position? Well, those nights are long gone with the MyPillow mattress topper. The MyPillow mattress topper feels like you're sleeping on a new mattress without having to spend a small fortune on a new mattress. And the setup is a cinch. Just place the MyPillow mattress topper on top of your existing mattress, adjust the straps, and that's it. You're ready to enjoy the best sleep you've ever experienced. And like all of MyPillow's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. And how would you like to receive 30% off a mattress topper and receive two free standard my pillows? Right now you can get your very own by calling 800-952-4976. That's 800-952-4976 or simply visit mypillow.com and using promo code KSEV, that's KSEV to get 30% off the mattress topper plus two free standard my pillows. How would you like to help save a life simply by praying at the right place and the right time? Houston Coalition for Life invites you to join in their mission that has seen over 9,400 women choose life for their unborn child. Join pro-life volunteers as they peacefully stand and pray outside of Planned Parenthood and other abortion facilities throughout the year. Sign up for one hour of prayer as Houston Coalition for Life offers free ultrasounds and practical assistance. Join Houston Coalition for Life in empowering pregnant women today. Learn more at Houston Coalition. Phone lines are open now. Call 281-558-5738. That's 281-558-KSEV. All right, we are back talking with Tony. 281-558-5738. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for for tuning in on Facebook Live. Let me make sure you understand something. This is important to me. We, well, Frank might, but I'm certainly not going to tell you what to think. But I am going to tell you to think. You hear, my, you hear what I'm saying? I'm not going to tell you what to think. But I'm going to strongly suggest that you think. Frank, what do you say about that? Oh, absolutely. I think that's what this whole show has been about. Everything that I've done working with you on this show has been meant to... Uh, stimulate people to think about things that they might not ordinarily think about. Seventy. Uh, the last uh, result we got, there were somewhere around 78,000 people listening to this show, Frank. Most of them want to dump you. That's fine. But I've been fighting for you. I don't believe that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I really haven't. I know. And I also lied about them trying to dump you. They want to dump me instead. <laughs> Well, you keep recruiting your brother to <laughs> say dumb friends. No, I don't recruit. No, my brother says whatever he wants to say. I, mean, I don't that's know. My, that's my brother. I, I, is, that, is that like these uh, neutral debaters? That yeah. They, I mean, neutral moderators they yeah. have at the debates? My brother is ex- <laughs> incredibly neutral. Incredibly neutral. <laughs> yeah, sure. So your your back, sister likes me. Yeah, well, she can barely stand you privately, but publicly she says she likes you. <laughs> <laughs> so... So back to the vice presidential debate, and then we're going to go to the, the pugilistic, if you will, presidential debate, and then we're going to talk a little bit about um, um, President Trump and his COVID diagnosis. Um, so let's close the loop on this vice presidential debate. I, and again, I've told you my, my opinion on it, but as far as substance goes, did we learn anything? Did it move the needle? I don't know if it moved the needle, but what we learned is that the uh – that uh, the Democrats will not take a position. All they do is talk about platitudes, but they don't really take a position. They need to answer the question of what they're going to do with the court, the Supreme Court of the United States. Because here's the deal, okay? Okay, you sound like Biden, but go ahead. I don't know if I sound like Biden. I think that's his go-to phrase, here's the deal. Okay, well, well, this is here's the deal from another perspective. Here's the deal. If we wind up, let's say say Biden wins, okay? 
which is which is quite likely. Let, I don't know about that either because actually actually the polls right now are no different than they were when Hillary was running against Trump. But it's a different time, and so I don't know. I'm really up in the air about it as to who's going to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but if let's say let's say Biden wins, okay. First thing they'll do is do away with the filibuster. The next thing they'll that they may do is they they may try to seek the Washington D.C. to become a state that creates two more senators. They'll seek that Puerto Rico has a vote to become a state, and that will create two more senators. That will be four, and then they'll pack the court. Now, once you do all that, okay, we no longer have a two-party system. So all of you out there. Everybody who wants to vote or anything, they, we're all going to be have to become uh, supporters of what they call, which I don't believe it's true because I knew a different Democratic Party, but what they call the Democratic Party. And then you're going to have the more progressive Democrats and you have the more conservative Democrats, but everybody's going to have to be a Democrat because everything is going to be that way. And that isn't the way our system was set up. Our system is a system. It's a beautiful thing. It's a system of checks and balances, and that's why it's worked, and that's why it's provided the freedom that it's provided. And you take, you start tinkering with this people. No- but, but Frank, and, and I hate to digress, and I, I hate to to be contrary, but okay. <clears throat> politicians, political parties have quote tinkered with the process since the process began. FDR, as an example. Uh, who who many think saved the country. Oh, no. well, what about Pearl uh, Harbor? L- l- if, if you don't mind, um, Trump, let me finish. Uh, sorry, uh, I'm talking. I'm, I'm talking, talking. I'm talking. <laughs> um, FDR tried to pack the courts. Do you not recall that? I do. The, port, the court packing uh, attempt that he made. So I think you're, you're almost a little chicken little here. Uh, not a little chicken little, but a, a chicken little. Um, and you're thinking that all these bad things are going to happen, but I think the 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 system that's set up that has lasted for well over 200 years works, will continue to work. There's always a pendulum that swings back and forth, and it's swinging. It sounds like it's swinging in a way that you don't like no, the, the way. I'm not saying necessarily I don't like the way. Okay. What I'm saying, I mean, I mean, there are a lot of ideas that I have that are not Republican ideas. What is a Republican idea anymore? I don't know what the Republican Party even is anymore. Well, the old Republican Party, uh, I, I have a lot of issues with it. The new Republican Party, which is, uh, seems to assimilate or the old Democratic Party, because it it, it the new Dem- the new Republican Party under Trump is. I've never seen a party that's more for the the working people of this country. Okay, Joe Biden can mouth the words, but those words are not the policies he's advocating because he's advocating the destruction of the kinds of jobs and and independence that America has in the world. Joe Biden is mouthing globalist concepts, and Donald Trump is mouthing nationalist concepts. And nationalist, let me just say this on the radio, doesn't mean racist, although they try to make it sound like it's racist. Nationalist includes every every black person, every yellow person, every white person, every red person, every green and every other color brown and brown per- persons, every color you can think of, and mixed colors of all kinds. But it's America first, and it's not a globalist concept. I'm, I, I'm, I was really upset this week, Tony, because I'm thinking that uh, we're on the losing side of that concept because the forces that are mounted against America as we understood it historically are, are overwhelming. The money, the power, and the, and, and the influence— I'm not sure that anybody could stand against it. That's why I say one of the things I want would want to talk about later in the show is the last American president. And that well, would that I'm would, discouraged. I will tell you what I'm discouraged about. And I, I emphasis on American. I was talking to my kids about this election and about what it means to our country and what it means to tax policy. And I hate to be one of these people that talks about tax policy, but I think it's important. And I understand people that are, you know, well, we've got to do something about the inheritance tax. We've got to do something about the capital gains tax. You know, it, it, it favors 
you know, you got hedge funds uh, managers who are paying 20 percent and you got uh, normal every I shouldn't say normal. Nobody's normal, but uh, everyday working people who are paying, you know, 30 percent uh, up to up to 39 percent, whatever it is. Um, On ordinary income. Yeah. And that's that's for me. The reason that Biden scares me, the reason that Kamala scares me is I don't think I think they've been in government for so long. Agree with that. They do not understand that when you suggest that you're going to take the the income tax from 37 percent to 57 percent, you you disincentivize people to work. Why would you why would I get up in the morning at 7 a.m.? And, and go to my office and bust my rear end all day long when I know that more than 50% of what I'm going to earn is going to the government. That's a problem. Now, I can understand loopholes, corporate loopholes, et cetera, and all those things that we can all talk about. But, but, but when you look, when you compare the tax plan, and again, I'm just looking at something that was reported, uh, you know, not just the Washington Post, but the Washington Times, the, the New York Times. And so you take everything with a grain of salt. Obviously, you, it's hard to get real news any, anymore that you can trust. That's true. But it, it appears to me that the proposal of Joe Biden is to increase taxes by more than 23 percent. And it it that bothers me. And but, I tried to explain that to yeah. my kids. And they're like, well, we don't like Trump. OK, you cannot like Trump and you can like Trump. It's a, that's that's well, tell them they give up their apartment in New York yeah. and tell them they give up all the rest of it. That's yeah. being paid for. But here's the that other, concerns me. Here's the other side of it. OK, it's I'm not worried so much because, you know, you're still going to be able to eat. You're still going to be able to have a nice lifestyle regardless of those percentages. But. He's also talking about doing away with the Trump tax cuts, which put money that is meaningful in the hands of people that are working every day. And doing away with those Trump tax cuts on people who are making lesser income, $50,000 or less, means a lot. An extra 2500 bucks is huge. Or, exactly. And you come from a background where you knew it was huge. I come from a background where I knew it was huge. The point is... It's an elitist position. It is a global position. And and this the reason I said, Tony, before that I was concerned about the world and, and why the, all these forces are mounted against, and we can talk about it later on, and this kind of pains me because, you, you know, you've mentioned before I've gone to Catholic college, I've been in Catholic schools and all the rest of it, but I, I, I personally think that the Pope is a communist. No, no, let me tell you why. He came out this week and he said he was against market capitalism, that there had to be a change in the world. A change in the world to what? Why would he have any say about that? Exactly, because they're only supposed to talk about religious issues and moral issues, okay? And and maybe a religious person can talk about that. But what I'm telling you is he talked about it had to do away with market capitalism. And what that means is more shifting of it to the state. And he also, in the same time frame, in the last week or two while you've been gone and whatever, but I wanted to talk about it last week, he also came out and said, he also made a deal with China where he basically has uh, agreed that the bishops in their churches don't have to be ordinary priests that come up through the ranks and all the rest of it, that the Chinese government can place bishops in the in okay, the, what is happening here? In the Catholic Church, it, the same thing that happened when they when the when the Catholic Church made an accommodation with Hitler, because they basically have survived a thousand years, and they and what I'm telling you is when he talks about no more globe, no more market capitalism. What's more Christian, market capitalism, where people get money, they can give it to, in businesses, small, medium, and large, can give it to the charities that they want, can have respect to themselves as an individual. I mean, I thought that the whole premise of Christianity was that the individual was made in the image and likeness of God, not that the state was made in the image and likeness of God. The state is not made in the image and likeness of God. These institutions and these heads of these churches, like what he's what he is, are not made in the image and likeness of God. He ought to be more concerned about abuse of children in his church than he ought to be turning around and talking about market Truth. capitalism. Truth. Truth. Agreed. That's what I uh, we agree on agree. something. We brother. agree on something, brother. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, we'll be back. We got a few calls we got we're waiting on us. 281-558-5738. Talking with Tony and Frank. Uh hang in there with us. We'll be back. Your home team for conservative talk radio. KSEV 700 AM, the voice of Texas. It's good golfing weather, so come out to Atasca City Golf Club for a relaxing and pleasurable experience every time. Online at AtascaCitaGolfClub.com. Atasca City Golf Club is Houston's home for veteran golfers and first responders. Call 281-812-6243 today. Offices located, One Sugar Creek Center, Sugarland, Texas. Thinking of buying a home? It's important to start off with a solid pre-approval. Hi, I'm Kathy Baker from Baker Mortgage. Yes, we ask a lot of questions, but that's because we're not going to give you a pre-approval that's going to blow up as you're trying to cross the finish line. What's figured in there for property taxes? If it didn't come up, you really don't know what you're pre-approved for. That should make you wonder what else they may have left out. At Baker Mortgage, we get it right. We haven't been around for 60 years because we're lucky. Yes, we have wholesale rates, 80-10-10s, and all kinds of programs, but in the end, it's really about taking good care of people, and they continue to come back and send their kids, their friends, and sometimes their parents, whether you're buying, building, or refinancing. Call us at Baker Mortgage. We're at 281-313-6683. That's 281-313-MOVE or directly at bakermortgage.com. Equal housing lender. License 263213. These are the sounds of a dinner. A dinner that almost didn't happen. A dinner now served thanks to people like you. Due to COVID-19, 17 million more Americans may face hunger. Feeding America is helping our neighbors in need. And if you're able, you can too. Donations are being accepted at feedingamerica.org slash coronavirus. Brought to you by the Ad Council and Feeding America. 200 food banks strong. Melanie Sparks here with Kirk Custom Homes, a recognized Southern Living custom builder designing and building on your Texas land. Visit us at kirkhomes.com. That's K-U-R-K. Because at Kirk Homes, it's all about you. Phone lines are open now. Call 281-558-5738. That's 281-558-KSEV. All right. Coming back at you. We're going to take a call. Uh, Frank and I have been just, just going at it here. Uh, line one, Roberta, what's up? spiritedly and um you bring about a thought process and in, encourage an inspired dialogue which is what we love are you talking about um, me or frank just please tell me me. Me. Say, me, say me say me say me say me okay all right thanks um, i wanted to give a compliment to my aggie friends that attended the game at tuscaloosa one of the best things about the alabama um a&m game is is the politeness that occurs between the two teams. I mean, Alabama would never have been as successful as it was had that not Bear Bryant trained at A&M. And there's just always this politeness. And one of the discussions at the game, they live streamed me in and zoomed me in so I wouldn't miss anything because I couldn't be there this year, is the sadness that Alabama fans feel for the Aggies in the discussion about the statue of Sully being taken down, which heard the conversation about, you know, it's horrible that they don't have bonfire anymore, but what a great memorial they made to those, you know, that the tragedy and how they turned that into a great place where kids can reflect mm-hmm. about life and death. Yeah, so yeah. one of the suggestions that came up was why can't they have fire pots, you know, like fire pits and have small group conversations um, and bring back bonfire that way. So I kind of wanted to get your thoughts about that. Um, because Alabama fans absolutely love Aggie fans for the most part, with the exception of those that don't go that are rabid fans and obnoxious fans. <laughs> and we have a few in Alabama, too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I just wanted to see what your thoughts was about that, because it was a great game, and the Aggies played a great game, and they great gave great effort. And you have to admit, it probably is one of the best SEC games. Second Saturday this year was the best. So I'm going to let you talk about it and 
Well, first off, let me tell you, thank you for the call. And you brought up several great points. Um, and we can we can flesh them out a little bit. But, um, yes, I agree with you 1,000%. The, um, obviously, I had just left A&M uh, when the bonfire collapsed. And now go put the camera on me. The memorial that they, that they put uh, that's there on campus is, is no, it's, it's incredible. Camera. I mean, it's an incredible memorial. And I think it's very thought-provoking, and I think it's um, – I mean, it's just amazing. I, I, I hate to use that word amazing because I think it's overused. Secondly, um, A&M has, as you know, has always been known for being, um, as fans, very zealous but also very polite and respectful to the other team. And it's good to hear you talk about the Aggie-Alabama uh, game and how you know our Aggies um, acquitted themselves very, very well. Now, the, the third thing you said I hadn't really thought about. Um, obviously, since the bonfire collapsed, you know, they've had a bonfire. I mean, you know, I was in dorm 12, and bonfire was literally, you know, a, a walk of, of 20, 20 meters uh, from, from my dorm uh, the last year that, that I was there. Um, I hadn't heard this, this idea that you, that you suggested, but it sounds pretty darn cool. Uh, but I just, I, you, you remind us, one of the things that when I was on the board of regents that I would say all the time is there are things in the world, we, we, we focus so much on things that are bad, things that, you know, make us upset, things that piss us off, things that, you know, uh, annoy us in some regard, but there are still really good things in the world. And Texas A&M is one of those, one of those things. Um, and I think our student body is one, and our and our former our former students. Um, that's one of the good things uh, I believe. And with regard to the the the, the Sol Ross uh, statute, I that ain't going anywhere. I, I I've heard it from every person that has any any role in it. It's not going anywhere. I know a lot of people are worried about it, but um, uh, I I can just tell you as sure as I'm sitting here in this chair across from Frank, uh, that statute on campus is not. Not is it not going to be removed, but it ain't moved, being moved. So thank you very much for the call. Frank, we have another caller. It looks interesting. Uh, Leonard from Spring wants to talk about black Americans for Trump. Uh, Leonard, what you got, man? Hey, how you doing, guys? Pretty good. good What's going on? Yeah, uh, yeah man, I appreciate you guys' uh, conversation and uh, the gentleman that did uh, was discussing about President Trump. You know, as an ex-Democrat, uh, uh, you know, 71 years old. You know, I, I escaped from from the uh, from the plantation, Democratic plantation. Yeah. You know, the the the, uh, the the spirit of Jim Jones. You know, the Democratic Party. They are, they are the spirit of Jim Jones. That America is racist, and that they they will drink the Kool Aid. I drank the Kool Aid, and I'm, I'm not drinking it anymore because I realized that it took me. It's wisdom, really. It's wisdom. Seventy-one years old. So, so I'm like, hey, I'm seeing that America have jobs. I've seen the immigrants. You know, some people call me legal, whatever. They're coming here with the clothes on their back, and we here, we as the black Americans, we here already with, with suitcases, with with closets full of clothes. Yeah. These people are coming here with the clothes on their back, knowing they step one foot in this country, they know they can make it. Exactly. And if anybody, any black person got any common sense and that's what we're not using we we you we we, we uh, operate on emotions a lot of us emotions and fear and fear emotions and fear racism man mm -hmm. are you crazy racism yeah. we just elected a, a black president but i voted for that black president leonard <laughs> twice <laughs> yes sir yes i did too but but that's what once i did that i realized hey this guy's a liar too. He's supposed to be a community organizer, and then he left Chicago. These guys, we still killing one another, and nobody's speaking about it. Obama left. Jeremiah, uh, go ahead, Leonard. Keep going. He, he threw Jeremiah right under the bus. He threw his grandmother under the bus, and now he, we've got his wife Michelle's coming out. You know, you you were you were on the top, the pinnacle of power, and all of a sudden. You coming back down talking about racism? Yes. How sick. How sick. 
Yes, and what ha- what did they do for the look, Matt? Look, Leonard, I really appreciate your call appreciate because, the call, because I was at lunch yesterday with another black man that that wanted to meet with me because uh, you know he he knew me, he ran into me at a cigar store, and he heard my laugh. We went to lunch yesterday. That happens often with him. We went to lunch yesterday. We had a great afternoon. We spent probably two or three hours together, and he felt the same way you do. He built a construction company. He and he utilized the system. There's nothing wrong with that in terms of being, you know, minority participation in in uh, building construction projects. But he built himself a business, and it's about economics. It's not about race. And I want to ask this question because I was deluded as well over the years. You know, I, I mean, Tony was head of the Democratic Party in Galveston at one time, and I voted Democratic and Republican over the years back and forth. And there's different reasons for that, and I won't get into it. But I will tell you this. I mean, I've been to Baltimore, and I was there when it was a when it was a town that was built, and I was there when it had middle class people that that were, you know, had good na- neighborhoods. Now, it's been devastated. Chicago has been devastated. Philadelphia, Philadelphia has been devastated. Cleveland, all of them have been devastated. And 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 what I just want to say, what was actually done? Under an administration headed by uh, uh, President Obama and Joe Biden, what was actually done for the black community? Donald Trump, let's just put this in perspective, Tony. I want to put this in perspective. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay? The perspective is this. Donald Trump, from the time we were in Washington when the inauguration occurred. Why do you got to keep reminding people of that? I'm just saying. From the time that that the inauguration occurred, this guy's been under siege. Yet. There's no doubt about that. Yet. Yet. And I mean, I think everybody has to agree with that because no, because the forces mounted against him didn't want people like you. I don't. You may not be thinking of yourself as a deplorable, but I think of myself still as a deplorable, and all the rest of us who have little little jobs and businesses. But the point is, he's been under siege since then. So he's had three years. He's been impeached. He's been assaulted from. I mean, international affairs. Yet he still took care and it took the time to actually look into the communities in Michigan, in, 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 in different parts of the country to start these economic zones that, that promoted uh, businesses, that put money into these by uh, public-private partnerships that allowed these communities to regenerate. I saw Harlem growing up. It looked like a war zone. It made Afghanistan look like Monte Carlo. I mean, Harlem was terrible. It was regentrified, okay? But then what happened is many of the black people couldn't live there anymore because it became so expensive in New York. But all these other cities went to hell, and they've been run by people who say, you know, black leaders in those communities. Were the, was the community enriched? No. But was the politicians enriched? Yes. Yep. Was Joe Biden enriched? Yep. Yes. I mean, I mean, I mean, look, how do you leave office even if Mr. Joe, who's riding Can I on. say one thing? Who's, wait a minute. Let me finish this. Who's riding on the train mm. once you give it. Oh, oh, I'm Uncle Joe. How do you leave office making tens of millions of dollars and your family all across the board? It's a bunch thing? of BS. It's plantation thing? for all of us. Can I say one thing? I don't I will not pretend that I know everyone's struggle that they went through in their life. Uh, I didn't grow up in Harlem. I don't know what it was not. like, we in, don't know what it's like in Cleveland. But here's what I here's what I hope. And and I don't want to make this about personality because I think that's one of the things that is that people get tied around the axle about and rather than talking about ideas, we're talking about people. I want a country where a guy whose whose mother works in the cafeteria and drives a school bus and whose dad uh, is a butcher has an opportunity to get an education and to better himself and to and to rise to a point where he can run even though he gets his face beat in for mayor of Houston. That's what I want. And I think it's quickly going away. And if you vote for this socialist society, it won't exist at all. Well, and that's the that's the that's the We'll position. be back. 281-558-5738. And that's what we all should want. 
Republican, Democrat, Independent, I don't care what you call yourself. The freedom Party, that's what we call ourselves. I don't care who you, who you like or you don't like. That's the what Freedom we Party. Do. That's what we need. Democrats and Republicans together. We'll be back. Equality of race, equality of economic opportunity. The Ben Shapiro Show, weekdays at 3 and again at 7 on The Voice of Texas, AM 700 KSEV. Plumbing emergencies never happen at a convenient time. Usually they happen on the weekends, holidays, or while you're away on vacation. I'm Richard Saad, president of Nix Plumbing. When you find yourself facing a plumbing emergency, call the licensed and experienced professionals at Nix Plumbing and Sewer Services. Nix Plumbing has been Houston's first choice for all your plumbing needs since 1979. Our experts can take your most difficult plumbing issues and fix them fast, fix them right, and usually for less than you'd expect. Nix Plumbing and Sewer Services is the right choice for any plumbing job, from a leaky faucet, whole house repipe, or a complete sewer line replacement. You can count on Nix Plumbing to do the job right. With over 40 years in business and over 150,000 satisfied customers, Nix wants to be your plumbing company. Nix Plumbing offers free estimates and free second opinions. Call Nix Plumbing and Sewer Services, 713-868-9907, or visit us on the web, nixplumbing.com. MPL 38548. Call Nix Plumbing today. We're on the way. Our veterans risked it all to protect our freedoms. And now, as we all fight the coronavirus, vulnerable veterans have little or no contact with their family or hospital volunteers and staff. Learn how you can help an isolated or sick veteran at HealVets.org. Help Heal Veterans with the support of citizens like you creates, manufactures, and distributes therapeutic art and crafts projects for our veterans and military at no charge to them. HealVets.org. This message is furnished by Help Heal Veterans. Connect with the Chris Salcedo Show. Get that do- Where'd you get that? Where'd you get that dollar from? I'm sorry. What did you say, sir? I'm sorry. What did you say, sir? I'm sorry. I didn't hear what you said. Start your mornings with the Chris Salcedo Show, seven to nine a.m. on AM seven hundred KSEV. Phone lines are open now. Call 281-558-5738. That's 281-558-KSEV. All right, we're coming back. You know what? One thing about Frank, I can tell his blood pressure based on the color of his skin. The, uh, that is systemic racism. Okay, whatever. But anyway, the redder his face gets, it either means he's whatever he's drinking in that cup. Uh, the same it, thing you're drinking in your Coke, which can. is a diet, diet Coke, yeah, pal, nice or tea, a buddy. regular Coke, whatever. Anyway, it means he gets the matter he gets, the more charged up he gets, the redder his face gets. And we're gonna, we're gonna, because these subjects, we're me going off. to test. Can the, I say piss me off? Yeah, you, you just did. So <laughs> we're gonna. We're going to test the theory now because we're going to take uh, a call from Steve, who his question is, is China a real threat? Steve, what you got? Yeah. Hey, Tony, can you hear me? Yep. Got you, man. Yeah, I just, you know, there's a lot of, been a lot of talk during the debates about China, and um, I'm just kind of wondering your perspective on it, if you think they're a, a real threat to be reckoned with, uh, not just from the, you know, the virus, but economically speaking, or is this just more of a perception thing of trying to get people to be in fear of China? What, what are your thoughts on that? I, I'm going to tell you mine, and then Frank's going to, I'm just going to whine Frank, I'm going to let him go. But I personally do think that, you know, Russia, China, uh, other countries are absolutely a threat. I mean, that's, there, there's, there's, you know, there is a world, let's not forget, there's a worldwide competition. Uh, but it's also a competition of uh, economics. It's a competition of ideas. Uh, I think... America wins going away. I think we, you know, the the idea of America. Let's not forget America in its first instance is an idea. And when we start um, from within uh, the attack on that idea, you know, it weakens it weakens our country. And I'm not suggesting that we're perfect. I don't think anybody would suggest that we're perfect. But I do think that our system, our way of life, our, our opportunity the economics, the ability for people to advance themselves and to and to be free and to express themselves, 
it doesn't exist anywhere in the world other than the United States. And I, I promise you, Russia, China, and other countries would love to, to tear that down. So do people uh, exploit that? Uh, do politicians exploit that? Obviously. Uh, I think that's a, a, I think all of us with common sense understand that. You know what they... Uh, I don't know if it was Abe Lincoln or somebody that said, you know, common sense is not so common. Uh, but I think we all understand that that they're going to be politicians and people that are trying to advance themselves personally. that are going to take advantage of this this um, this, uh, you know, this competition that we have with China, with Russia and other countries. But so I, I'm not sure that answered your question, but that's kind of how, you know, my point of view. Frank, what say you? Well, I mean, this is an interesting subject. I appreciate the call, but let me just tell you a few things that you might want to think about, okay? There's no question but that China has its eye, and I don't blame China, okay? I do not blame China because because they're in competition with the world. We created this this country economically, it was done in a way under Nixon in order to be a geopolitical balance of power against Russia when Russia was more powerful than it is now. The Russian, the Russian state as we know it now under Putin is a $1.7 trillion economy. They're nothing. They are no competition for us. The only two major powers in the world are China and the United States. Exactly. So in order for China to... China is basically doing what it's doing in its interest. And I think Donald Trump has said that. I don't blame China for doing what they're doing and doing trying to get the best deals and all the rest of it. But there's no doubt they have plans of like five year, 20 year. They have all uh, 25 year, 50 year plans in order to dominate the world economy and replace the United States as the dominant country in the world. Okay. Now, that's creating a new alliance, a new world order of things. Their philosophy on the world is that, is, is that the individual is not what's supposed to be uh, celebrated. celebrated. That's a good word, Tony. It's the individual is not so celebrated. The collective. It's the collective. Exactly. The collective is celebrated. And I'm sorry. United States of America and everything I believed in, all the people that come here, the immigrants that try to come here from South America, Mexico, and every place else, Central America, the people who came from Europe, and my ancestors, Tony's ancestors, the people that come from Africa or Asia, everywhere else, they come here because they celebrate their individuals. They're individuals. They want to have their own, their own houses they want they don't want them all to look the same they want to have their own and it's only the uber rich in china that basically excel and that's part of the system of the communist government that we saw already in russia where it becomes an oligarchy and that oligarchy in china is controlled in my opinion this is an opinion by the uber rich global corporations that are basically trying to restructure the way we exist. And and I'm sorry, I'm 66 years old. It really won't impact me. But let me say. And I shouldn't even be talking about it on the radio no, because fine. it doesn't matter let to me. Let me say this, though. It does matter to me because in my heart, I don't want this to happen to my grandchildren. I hearken. don't want it to happen to my son. Let's hearken I back. want them to be individuals. And they're made in the image and likeness of God. And I don't care. I don't want them to be made in the image and likeness of the state. Steve, thanks for the call. But let me hearken back to something. Because I think Steve brought up the, the, the idea of, of, of are they a threat. Let's remember the reason we went to the moon was because we thought Russia was beating us in the space race. And why do we have space force now? Now, the reason we went to the moon is because we thought Russia and we mobilized this country mobilized and we put somebody on the moon. Was it 1963? Is that the Something like that. Yeah. When John F. Kennedy said, we're going to put somebody on the moon. Everybody thought you're, you're crazier than a Bessie bug. Well, guess what? We put somebody on the moon and we beat the Russians because we mobilized. And so when we talk about, when we, when we talk about, you know, is China a threat? You know, it, it, obviously they're a competitor. I think it makes us all better. 
And I would put the American spirit, the American uh, uh, can-do uh, ability over anybody else. Right. Because the kind of people that come here, like, you know, my, my family's been here for five generations in, in the state of Texas, and your families uh, came to Texas and, and came from uh, Italy. Mine came from England. Uh, th- these are the kind of people that are going to do something different. They're adventurous. They're people that 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 are are resilient. They're can-do people. They're willing to take some risks, but, and that still exists in the United States. And we we criticize ourselves, and we're so hard on ourselves. And sometimes we need to understand. We I will put Americans up against anybody, anytime. Now, all the time. I agree with you. I totally agree with you, Tony. I mean, there's no doubt about that, but we are losing that war. I'm not losing it. Well, I mean, your children are being re-educated, okay? You know you know that from your own experience, okay? They've been brainwashed in these in these schools to think that America is a bad place as opposed to a shining city upon the hill, okay? It is a shining city upon the hill. It's a beacon. It's a beacon of freedom. It's a beacon of religious freedom. It's a beacon of individual freedom. It's a beacon to the world. It bothers me. But it is about to be snuffed out. It's not going to be snuffed out, but it bothers me that we cannot agree that we have something very, very good, but it's not perfect. Not and really. and we always want to have you know the, the the you know perfection is is the enemy of the good or whatever the, the the old saying was, you know it's kind of like when you think about your dad, uh, may he rest in peace. He was a great man. You knew my dad. Yeah, I knew your dad. Yeah. A great man. A humble man. Was he a perfect man? No. No. But he was a great man. And and so was so was Rockefeller and and, and so was uh, Grant and so was all these people. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt was a great man. Was he a perfect man? No. And that's what's happening. We find the small flaws and the imperfections, and we focus on them, and we forget that that the American experiment is the best in the country, in the world. That is absolutely true, and that's why we need to protect it. And it is completely under assault. It's under assault, for sure. And and by by bringing in, it's not Joe Biden. He's a shallow candidate. By bringing in these socialist progressive thinkers, you they they hide they hide behind a Trojan horse like that, and they will come in and undermine all the principles. And I'm not talking about country club Republican principles, blue blood Republican principles, elitist snot, those old principles are gone. What you got now, they're out there, they're the anti-Trumpers because they're licking their wounds because mm. all of that elitism. Because he beat them. I'm talking about the working people, the people that don't have a voice. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Those people need to stand up and they need to vote, okay? And I'm not saying they have to vote Republican, They should vote for some Democrats, including, like I've always said, the Democratic judges down in the state courts, because they will support working people in small businesses. You vote for the Republicans that they're running, they will probably vote for the big corporations, which will do nothing for us. All right, we're going to come back. 281-558-5738, talking with Tony, although Frank's doing a lot of talking himself. We'll be back. I triggered him. We'll be back. listening to Talking with Tony. Join us every Friday at 6 p.m. with Tony Busby here on The Voice of Texas, AM 700 KSEV.